You're listening to the Living Presence Podcast, exploring faith, meeting the world, from East Gwillimbury, Ontario. Hello and welcome to Episode 5 of the Living Presence Podcast. My name is Brianne Swan, and I am your friendly neighborhood host, as well as the community minister with the Living Presence Ministry, which is a community ministry of the United Church of Canada in East Gwillimbury. Our show today is a little bit different in terms of our format. Today, which is Sunday, February 25th, I had the pleasure of leading a special service at Sharon Hope United Church. It was called Lent with Lightfoot and explored spiritual themes related to the Lenten season through the music of Canadian singer-songwriter Gordon Lightfoot. Although I've re-recorded the sermon and modified it for the podcast format, our Love for the World segment is taken directly from a recording of the service. Our second reading And since this is a fully audio medium, you can't really see that I'm doing the quotey finger hand gesture right now, but our second reading will be from Lightfoot's song, Sit Down, Young Stranger, and the reflection will lead straight into a live musical performance of another Lightfoot classic. So a little bit heavier on the music and lighter on the words this week. Before we get to that music, though, I just want to let our listeners know that we are now on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and pretty much any service that distributes podcasts. If you've been listening through Simplecast YouTube or our website, I invite you to take a moment to subscribe to the show, especially if you are using iTunes. New episodes will download to your device of choice magically, and we'll be ready to go as soon as new installments get released. And if you've been enjoying the Living Presence podcast so far, it would really mean a lot to me and the people associated with this ministry if you took a moment and left a rating and a comment in iTunes. Ratings let the services know that people are listening, and it helps us to rank higher in searches, which in turn allows new listeners to find us. So thank you so much in advance. And as always, please feel free to always send along your feedback, suggestions, and requests. You can either email me at hi at livingpresenceministry.org, text me at 289-903-0019, or head to the show notes, which are at www.livingpresenceministry.org. And I'm pretty sure a carrier pigeon might be able to find me too. To start us off this week, we have another song from our featured artist, Ainsley McNeeny. You can find Ainsley online at www.ainsleymcneeny.com or follow the links in our show notes to find her Bandcamp page and Spotify. This is her song, Only Time, from her 2014 release, Bones Are Forever.
My name is Pierce Thomas, and I'm sitting at my house in Newmarket, Ontario, and I'll be reading from Mark chapter 8, verses 31 to 38. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, then let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will, pro- what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. I'm standing at the doorway, my head bowed in my hands, not knowing where to sit, not knowing where I stand. My Father looms above me, for him there is no rest. My mother's arm is Fold me and hold me to her breast They say you've been out wandering They say you've traveled far Sit down, young stranger And tell us who you are The room has all gone misty My thoughts are all in spin Sit down, young stranger and tell us where you've been Well, I've been up to the mountain I've walked down by the sea I never questioned no one And no one questioned me My love was given freely And oft times was returned I never came to borrow I only Sometimes it did get lonely, but it taught me how to cry. And laughter came too easy for life to pass me by. I never had a dollar that I didn't earn with pride. Cause I had a million daydreams to keep me satisfied. Will you gather daydreams or will you gather wealth? How can you find your fortune when you cannot find yourself? My mother's eyes grow misty, there's a trembling in her hand. Sit down, young stranger, I do not understand. And will you try and tell 
lost that you've been too long at school. That knowledge is not needed. That power does not rule. That war is not the answer. That young men should not die. Sit down, young stranger. I wait for your reply. The answer is not easy for souls are not reborn. To wear the crown of peace, you must wear the crown of thorns. If Jesus had a reason, I'm sure he would not tell. They treated him so badly. How could he wish them well? The parlor now is empty. There's nothing left to say. My father has departed. My mother's gone to pray. There's rockets in the meadows and ships out on the sea. The answer's in the forest carved upon the tree. John loves me. Sit down, young stranger, and tell us who you are. So, right off the top, I have a few fun facts to share with you. The first is that Gordon Lightfoot and I are from the same hometown. I grew up just outside of Aurelia, Ontario. Gordon Lightfoot and I would have gone to the same high school together if he happened to be 45 years younger. The second is that Gordon Lightfoot seems to follow me around. When I released my first album at the Aurelia Opera House, Gordon Lightfoot came and played there two weeks later. The next year, when I played at St. Paul's United Church in Aurelia, Gordon Lightfoot played there two weeks later. So, in case you're wondering, I led a service and performed some music at Sharon Hope United Church this morning, so two Sundays from now, you might want to check them out, because you never know. It is a poorly kept secret that Gordon will play a song during the Christmas Eve service at his home church in Toronto. This happens every year at the 10 p.m. service. We happen to have the same home congregation, and for the last few years I have sang at the 7 p.m. family service, so I kind of like to think that I'm opening for Gordon just really, really far in advance. I didn't intend to join the same congregation as Gordon Lightfoot. It completely happened by accident. About eight years ago, in a time before marriage and children, and sometimes it's hard to believe that there ever was a time before marriage and children, but my then boyfriend and now husband, we were looking for a spiritual home. We liked this particular congregation right away. It was a week before Christmas, and during the announcements, the minister said that their usual guest would be appearing to sing on Christmas Eve. Jason and I had plans to attend Christmas in Calgary with his family, and I turned to him and said, If they are talking about Gordon Lightfoot, I am never going to speak to you again. 
two kids later, I obviously got over it. But you have to understand, I grew up with Lightfoot everywhere. He has influenced how I write, how I sing. I mean, when I was in elementary school, I actually had to complete a math problem to the effect of, if the capacity of a bucket is three liters, and the volume of a droplet is two milliliters, how many drops of early morning rain will it take to fill the bucket? The first time I saw Gordon at church, Jason motioned for me to go over and speak with him. I didn't want to bother him. I didn't want to fangirl him. Jason and I were in the midst of a minor argument about this when the matriarch of our church called me over and said, Brianne, could you please go and ask Gordon whether he takes milk or cream in his coffee? Mrs. X is lovely, but not the kind of woman you say no to. So that was it. My first words ever to one of my all-time musical heroes was, Excuse me, but Mrs. X would like to know how you take your coffee. Not exactly how I had visioned that conversation going. It's kind of like the point at which we enter into our gospel story for today. Just moments before these events, Jesus has asked his disciples, Who are people saying that I am? John the Baptist, say some. Elijah, say others. And then he asks Peter, Who do you say that I am? And you know what? Peter gets it right. You are the Messiah. Jesus is very pleased with Peter. So Peter is in. He's the right-hand man and would seemingly hold some sort of power or influence within the Jesus movement, which always sat very uncomfortably at the edges of a more violent Zionist faction. But then, quite openly, Jesus starts to explain to the disciples that he, their Messiah and their friend, will need to suffer and die in order to fulfill his purpose within the world. And yeah, Peter is understandably upset. I mean, things had been going so well. This is not the way he had envisioned that conversation going. Sit down, young stranger, and tell us who you are. This song, and the album it's named for, was released in 1970. It is an anti-war ballad about the generational distance between a son and his parents. It plays out the friction between vastly different understandings of what is important, understandings of power, and understandings of one's place and role in the world. The father asks incredulously, And will you gather daydreams? Or will you gather wealth? How can you find your fortune if you cannot find yourself? There is also a distance between Peter and Jesus in the moment of this rebuke. Nothing in the disciples' experience of the world would have prepared them for the idea that Israel's divine champion would need to violently and shamefully suffer. Their Messiah was supposed to come out triumphant. Their Messiah was supposed to kick ass like a Quentin Tarantino film. Jesus' journey towards his execution on a cross, the passion story, it is a scandal. 
and is a powerful example of truth exposing the lie of redemptive violence. That evil will ever be overcome with brutality and intimidation. And let's be honest, the idea of redemptive violence has become a pillar of our society and how it functions. It is neither new nor old. It is a lie that there will ever be a war to end all wars. It is the lie in proclaiming that justice has been served when the state kills a convicted man 20 years after the fact by sending a chemical cocktail through his veins. It's the lie of thinking that in the wake of a school shooting, the best answer is to arm teachers and show them how to shoot first. And will you try and tell us that you've been too long at school? That knowledge is not needed, that power does not rule? That war is not the answer? That young men should not die? Sit down, young stranger. I wait for your reply. Each of the Gospel writers makes clear that Jesus did not need to subject himself to the brutal, shameful, and scandalous death of the cross. And yet it was a scandal. In Matthew's version of this story, Jesus not only refers to Peter as Satan, but also as a stumbling block. In Greek, scandalon. And that is the root of our English word scandal. You are setting your mind not on divine things, but human things. Because Jesus gets it. The humanness of Jesus gets it. We have a very human instinct for fight or flight. And Jesus scandalously chooses neither. Jesus offers another way, but it is hard and it is brutal, and he is tempted. Satan is, after all, the great tempter. This passage is often read as Jesus casting Peter away in anger. Get behind me, Satan! But what is translated as get behind is the Greek phrase opisomau. Another spot in the Gospels where we see opisomau is when Jesus is going to Peter, Andrew, James, and John as they're fishing and asking them, inviting them, really, to follow him. Get behind, or to follow. To be back in line, and to have his back. Rather than Jesus being angry, I wonder about Jesus making a desperate plea to Peter. Please, do not tempt me. Do not make it even harder for me to see this through. Please do not make it even more difficult for me to keep my mind on the divine and not the human because, believe me, I do not want to die. Jesus says that to follow him means to struggle and to suffer, to take up the cross. Not in the way this phrase has been used to further marginalize vulnerable people, such as women in abusive situations. This is not an encouragement for passivity, because there is nothing passive about the passion. 
The very act of Jesus allowing his execution to take place is an act of defiance. To wear the crown of peace, you must wear the crown of thorns. Because Jesus knows there is no such thing as redemptive violence. What Jesus is offering is a radically different way of relating to power and to relating to community. It is the end to scapegoating, the end to a community's pettiness and bickering over who is the greatest and who should hold the power. The end of answering violence with more of the same. The end of might is right, the end of greatness being defined by what one has rather than what one has given. Of being defined by where we come from rather than what we stand for. Scapegoating, resentment, pettiness, violence, it ends here. It all ends here. But it begins here, too. Oh, Peter, a weary Jesus might have said, if only you could read my mind, what a tale my thoughts could tell. I need you to get behind me, to follow me. Please do not be ashamed, because the ending is just too hard to take.
The Living Presence Podcast offers an opportunity for listeners to contribute to our Love for the World segment, where the worldwide community can lift up the people and places in need of alliance, awareness, and hope. Let us know who and where is on your mind this week. You can record your shout-out with your smartphone and email it to hi at livingpresenceministry.org. Or you can leave a voicemail at area code 289-903-0019. Your responses will be added to the show, and we are grateful for your contribution.
We ask that you comfort those who are suffering this morning. For those who are sick and for those who are sick at heart with grief. For those who are lonely and for those who are estranged. Give strength to every heart. We ask that you comfort those who are in pain this morning. We pray for the victims of violence and abuse. For those laboring under systemic greed and racism and social apathy. Give strength to every heart. Loving God, as your people we turn our love to your world. To the victims of the horrific massacre of life and innocence at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Florida. We pray for the continued strength and leadership shown by the students in the face of the powerful gun lobby, spineless politicians, and cowardly internet trolls. We pray for common sense and meaningful action. We also pray this morning for our indigenous sisters and brothers who are screaming for justice for their lost children, Colton Bushi and Tina Fontaine. And we continue to pray for the Chippewas of Georgina Island who still cannot drink the water from their taps. Enduring God, we pray that you guide us in our response to the cries of our sisters and brothers. And in our response to the cries of creation, we pray for the protection of soil and streams and for all creatures entrusted to our care, for all our relations. Transforming God, we thank you for your grace and the knowing that wherever we have been and wherever we are going on our pilgrimage, we can begin again and again with you. Under the Lenten sky and in the early morning rain, with open hearts, we move closer and closer to you. We come in the name of your beloved child, Jesus. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Next week, we'll be skipping over to the Gospel of John, where we'll hear about Jesus getting super pissed and going ballistic in the temple. We'll be discussing anger, righteous anger, and anger rooted in love. And as always, we'll have some great music and powerful words. Take care of yourselves, and we'll see you next week.
This podcast is brought to you by the Living Presence Ministry, a community ministry of the United Church of Canada. You can find us online at www.livingpresenceministry.org.